Hey there, greetings and welcome to this week's episode of Sans Mantra Studio. My name's Mark Hughes, I'm a producer and musician living in Melbourne, and Sans Mantra Studio is where I take you behind the studio door for the creation and launch of my debut album. This week I had lots of cool things planned, but unfortunately my computer broke, which put a bit of a spanner in the works to say the least. But I did do an interview with one of my guitar students for, funnily enough, a podcast that she was producing for her school studies. And she's kindly let me air it in my podcast this week. So the student in question is a girl named Danica. She's been learning with me for a couple of years. Um, She's doing really well and I was really thrilled to be asked to be interviewed. She had some really good questions too, so... I might even nick some of them when I end up interviewing other musicians on this show. Anyway, we had a really good chat and I'm going to play it for you now. I hope you enjoy this. Um, Today I'm talking to Mark Hughes, a musician from Melbourne, and we will be discussing his experiences in the music industry and his creative process. Hi. Hi. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. I had a gig last night and I'm still kind of waking up, but I'm really um, excited to be your interview subject, so thank you. Thank you for talking with me. Um, You've been playing music for a long time. When did you first develop an interest for music? I first got into music, I think, through my parents who were big music lovers. My dad was a piano player, still is, and my mum was a big classical music fan, but they were both into the records at the time, so I grew up listening to things like Jose Feliciano, Light My Fire, Santana, and especially the Beatles were playing in my house when I was young. And when I was five, I got my first, might have been six, I got my first copy of Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and that was um, a pretty special day for me. When did you start playing instruments? Was that your choice as a hobby or just something your parents wanted you to do and you enjoyed it? Um, My parents pretty much let me do what I wanted to do and when they realised that I had an interest in music they got me piano lessons when I was about um, 13 I think and um, I was also in a choir before that and that was purely through just competition. A kid at school, in primary school, a friend joined a choir so then I thought well if he's going to do that I'll do that as well. Kind of a funny thing to be in competition about I guess but... um, that led me to joining the Australian Boys Choir when I was probably about 12. And then, um, um, yeah, piano lessons came from that. And then when I was about um, 15, I started learning guitar at school and um, went from there, basically, yeah. Um, and you've played in a couple of bands. Um, when did you start playing bands? The first band I played in was in high school and that was with a mate of mine. Um, We were both in year 12, I think, and it was for the end of the year um, school review. So that was my first experience playing to anyone that I didn't know, basically, um, you know, in public. And then the next band I played in was when I was studying music at Box Hill TAFE after school and they organised a night for um, all the bands that were put together during the course and that was the first time, actually I was going to say it was the first time I played any of my original music but it wasn't because I did play one of my original songs in that high school band and then I think I played that same song plus three more 
in the band. Um, it was a, a night at the Blackburn Hotel. So they kind of organised for the Box Hill TAFE to take over the, the hotel for the night and we had probably about a dozen bands of different sorts of jazz and rock and pop and things like that. And I played three, three songs that I'd written um, at that. And um, so that was the first sort of experience I had of that. And then I went on to form lots and lots of different bands after that. The thing about bands is that they're, they don't last. So <laughs> it's almost like if you can make a band last, then it, you know, you've got, that's half the battle of being successful in a band, so. So these bands were all people you knew or were any of them people you hadn't met and you kind of just decided? Um, well, it's a funny thing with bands. Once you get into playing music, um, your network expands and your world kind of, you know, gets bigger and you start meeting people. Um, the first band that I started, the first original band, felt, sort of grew from that night at the Blackburn Hotel and um, a girl I was studying with, her boyfriend really liked my music and he approached me and said, do you want to form a band? And he was also a songwriter. So we, we got together and then we actually auditioned drummers because he was a bass player. So we both sang, I played guitar and he played bass. So we were a three piece. So um, yeah, we auditioned drummers and we found, um, we found a girl who was studying at Box Hill actually, and she became the, the third member of that particular band. And, um, but then after that, I think as, as time went on, um, I, I was in lots of different bands. Generally you're in with the band with someone that you know, or you're friends with, and then, you might need to kind of bring in people that you don't know to fill out fill out the you know the band. Yeah. yeah. So your parents were very into music. Which other musicians inspired you when you were younger? Other musicians when I was younger, um, I think I was pretty much into stuff that was on the radio. You know, I listened to. I, I had a. I I always loved the Beatles from Word Go, so I listened to all their albums. Um, and then as I got older, I got into bands like The Police, Talking Heads, Led Zeppelin, Stevie Wonder, Prince. Prince was a big one and still is. Um, I think they're still the musicians that inspire me. If I listen to Stevie Wonder or Prince, um, it just makes me want to go and make some music or create some music, you know, because when I listen to their music, it's, it's not just a song. It's a bit like they create a world, you know on their albums and that's that's what I really love about music you know stepping into a different world so that makes me want to go and make something new <laughs> do you get inspiration anywhere else or just from musicians absolutely yeah I get inspiration from art because um, I, I before I got into music I was a big drawer as a kid mm -hmm. um, so I still get inspiration from art today Movies as well. If you watch a movie, sometimes I think that gets your creative urges going. It sparks your imagination, I think. So it's inspiration, I think, is linked to activating your imagination. That's a pretty technical way of putting it, I guess, isn't it? But yeah, I get inspiration from all sorts of places. People that, great musicians that can really play their instruments, great songs, movies artwork, visual things. Yeah, I get a lot of inspiration these days from visual things on Instagram. You know, things that there are great animators and 
you know, illustrators and things like that that really, yeah, that really inspire me. So, yeah. When you were younger, was there a point where you realised this is something you might want to do as a career? I think so. I can't pinpoint a definite date. Like, you know, some guitarists say, oh, older guitarists, that is, they say, oh, the day Jimi Hendrix died, I knew that was it. I picked up a guitar and, you know, there was no looking back. It wasn't as black and white as that for me. I think it was more of a subtle... When I got my first guitar, um, my first electric guitar, I... Um, I guess that really sort of set me down a path that I haven't, you know, veered away from since. And I, I guess I always knew I'd be playing. I don't even, don't even know that I really knew. I wouldn't, couldn't say I knew I'd always be playing guitar, but I just was just just fascinated with it. So I never stopped really, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How would you describe your music? I think my music's pretty eclectic. I have a lot of different interests in music, in styles and genres that I listen to. I think primarily I, I like a lot of funky stuff, a lot of, you know, groove-based stuff, but then I like, um, I like poppier things as well. There's a bit of a rock element. I suppose it's kind of... The album that I've got coming out in, next year is kind of one half perhaps classic singer-songwriter type stuff where but you've got a band around it, but really it's about the song and the story. And then the other half, I think, is more sort of groove-based. So you've got, you know, a band that's really, you know, sitting on a groove, and then you've got some rock elements as well. There's a lot of... Um, there are a lot of guitar solos in it as well. So... And a big funk element for some of it. Not all the way through. Okay. I hope that answers it. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, how has coronavirus impacted your work and... What changes did you have to make? Um, that's a really good question because it impacted me in not being able to work. So I, most of my, um, I have a few different jobs, but the main one is playing gigs. So before coronavirus hit, I was playing between three and four gigs a week. I was really busy. And, and that all stopped, of course, when the pandemic hit. So the way it impacted me was I concentrated more on, on teaching, I suppose. I, you know, adapted to teaching online. But it also, it also freed me up in a way because normally on a Friday or a Saturday, about five o'clock, I'm getting ready to go out of the house. So we're all locked down in Melbourne, as you know, and um, I got back into drawing for the first time since I was uh, very, very young. So, um, which is something that I'd wanted to do a couple of years before then. But yeah, I had the opportunity, the time to do it now. So on a Friday night or a Saturday night, I got into just sitting and drawing and listening to music, you know, which is a really nice space to be in, just drawing, because when you're making music, you can't get lost in that, you know, that kind of trancey zone when you listen to music, you know. So if you're drawing, and listening to music. Just as an aside too, I mean, I discovered some people that uh, I'd never really listened to before, people like Kate Bush. I got really into Kate Bush for the first time ever. And I listened to her whole catalogue while I was drawing. So um, so I guess that's the biggest way that it impacted me. It, it, it actually was kind of, um, if you take the financial you know, point out of it, um, 
then it was actually a really kind of good creative thing. I think music isn't, it's, it's not held in the same regard as a lot of other things, particularly financially in Australia. And it's easy to sort of just start looking at it as a job instead of this amazing thing that it is, you know. And getting back into drawing really kind of reconnected me to my own creativity in a way. So um, that's what it did for me. And I, and I, I just absolutely loved doing these drawings and coming back to drawing as an adult. And, um, and I think that's flowed, flowed onto the way I've been approaching, because as you know, I've been, I started releasing some of my music this year. So in, in anticipation of an album next year, and I think it's really influenced the way I'm, the way I think about my music. So I'm thinking about it more in creative terms than um, technical terms, or even from a musician, what's right and wrong as a trained musician. So it's just like, you know, where does it go when your imagination's free? And that's how I think all music or art should be, you know? So, yeah, that's how it's impacted me. That's nice. Not in a too much of a negative way. Um, and now you started drawing again. Yeah, I know for a lot of musicians they found it very hard and it would have been nice to see more funding coming from the, the federal government to, to musicians and music in particular during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you describe your writing process? Do you have a particular process or is it kind of just free, do whatever? Uh, look, I think it's, it's probably a bit of both, I think. So um, I'll get... The best songs tend to write themselves and I think that's true for anyone. And I've got a bunch of things that I'm working on at the moment. I read this quote by a writer once where he said when he's writing, he wants to turn up every day at 10 o'clock and, or this is what he does, he'll turn up at 10 o'clock and then he doesn't go till 5 o'clock in the afternoon Um, because when his muse comes calling, he wants her to know where to find him. Now, what that means is that we all rely on inspiration for these creative things, but there's a lot of perspiration that comes with it, you know, and you'll find that once you get into the act of actually working and just doing the grunt work, then it just kind of flows. So I guess to answer your question a bit better, I get ideas. Sometimes I'll get a line, like a melodic line, and I get I get sparked off by phrases. People will say things and then... I'll just hear it in a sing-song voice for some reason, you know. And then often I'll go and write that down and then I'll change the lyrics, you know, because the lyrics were just, you know, gobbledygook or whatever. But then the hard work comes in where you just kind of um, have to organise it all. But what I've found is that if you can let go of that, that kind of attachment to it all being right straight away, if you can just let it go blah like that on the page... And then you can go back and edit. There's another great saying which um, says, and I'm not advocating you should drink because you're too young, but it says, write drunk, edit sober. So, and essentially what that means is just let yourself be free to make mistakes and whatever, and then go back and organise it the next day or something like that. So that's actually worked really well for me in the past when, because I guess, yeah, to answer your question further, the music comes more easily to me than the words. So... Um, I, 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 if I get stuck, I'll do this exercise where I write for 10 minutes with a timer and just have, have my theme in mind and then I'll just write it down, just freeform, just stream of consciousness. 
and it doesn't have to make sense or anything. It's just with a, a theme. And then you go back, and I've had some great results with that, you know, when I've had writer's block, you know. So, um, yeah, that's probably my process. And iPhone voice memos are great too. I'm always singing things or speaking things into my voice memo and then going back and collecting them. That's the hard part, I think, because you just end up with a list, you know, as long as your arm, you know, of voice memos and you go, what's that again? So you have to be disciplined in, in, in organising that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Are there any things you'd like to explore in music in the future? Yeah, I've got a big long list. I've got a big long list. Um, I guess I've spent a lot of time playing and trying to play funk music and rock music and blues music. Um, although blues music I've always treated as something that I just sort of do on the side. But I'm interested in exploring that in an original sort of compositional sense as well. But I went to India with my family in 2018. My wife's absolutely, she's just obsessed with India. She's, I, I think she's actually a white woman trapped in an Indian woman's body. So we listen to a lot of Indian music in our house. And Indian musicians are incredible. They're, there's a lot of current world music pop musicians and there's a great show called coke studio where they have this amazing state have you heard of it or no i haven't no? you should check it out it's amazing they have this incredible set with all these rich colors and they've got all their beautiful indian clothes and they have a band of about 15 people you know and there might be one just one musician just hitting a triangle for you know bar 10 of this you know the song but they have all the musicians there, so they're not skimping on anything, and they're all great players. Lots of acoustic guitars and um, sitars and things like that. And it's just the most incredible sound, some of these songs. So I'm really interested in sort of putting some of those elements into some music in the future. And there's, a, there's another guy called... Um, I'm interested in, in composers as well. There's a, a guy called Thomas Newman who would have scored at least one movie that you would have seen in your life. He's a really uh, famous Hollywood composer, but he does a lot of that. He did. He scored the soundtrack to a, a movie called Most Exotic Marigold Hotel, which was a, an English slash Indian uh, collaboration. And it was about a bunch of old English people basically going to India to retire. But he brought his his Western musical sensibilities to that and he added all these Indian elements into it. And so something like that I'd really like to, to do, you know, because, I mean, we really live in a global world now. You know, we've got access to so much and you could, you could hop online after this interview and just learn how to play sitar, you know, if you wanted to. You'd probably go down the road and find one, you know. You couldn't do that when I was growing up, so... Um, so I'm really keen to get some of those elements into my music, but but at the same time not have it be, to have it still be me, I guess, still coming from me. So, yeah, I'm really, I've got lots of ideas like that, you know, world music type influences, collaborations with people. Yeah, it's just kind of finding the time and the energy to put it all into practice, I guess. Yeah. That's cool. How has your experience been different from working in a band and working solo? Well, with solo, you, you, you are your own boss. So I really enjoy that aspect of it, you know. Um, I've probably at this stage played more solo gigs than I have band gigs, to be honest, because just from a financial point of view, it makes more sense. If you can sing and play and go out, then you can play a gig by yourself. 
and earn 80% of the money that would go towards a band if you're a duo or a trio. So how do I find the difference? I, the main difference for me, I think, is that in a band I get to play my electric guitar, which I love doing, and when I'm solo I can't do that, so I have to play acoustics. So, but I have grown to love playing both equally. When I started, I really just played in bands. I never, ever did anything solo. And then at a certain point I thought, this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I write songs and I sing and I play. I should be able to just sit down and play a song for someone on acoustic. So I booked myself a, a spot at an open mic night and I went up and practised six songs that I'd written on acoustic, which I'd never done before. This was years ago. And I sort of broke the ice myself. And now I've played so many solo gigs, mostly cover gigs, that... Um, it's just like falling off a log for me, really. But um, I do love playing. There's, it's a different thing. Like, it's quite confronting when you're playing solo acoustic and you haven't done it before, you know. I mean, with a band, I guess you're sharing the load. So, you know, it's not all on you. But then as a solo artist, when you play and you pull it off, it's the glory's all yours, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. What have you been your most memorable learning experiences as a musician? That's, that's a really good question. I saw that on your list and I thought that's that's a really good question because I think I think there's nothing like going out and doing it, you know, in terms of playing in front of people. Mm -hmm. You'll learn more from that than you will from a year of rehearsal um, because everything changes. You know, you can play something until you're blue in the face and you can do it standing on your head in your bedroom, but then you get in front of people on a stage, suddenly the sound's different, it feels different. You're standing up instead of sitting down, so, you know, everything changes. I think for me, the most memorable learning experience, I think in general, I learn from everyone, you know? Like, I, I think most recently, I learned through teaching, I guess, because when you teach an instrument you're for anything you're forced to put into words and kind of explain what you do intuitively but then you know there's another saying that says if you can't explain something simply to someone then you don't know how to do it you don't understand it so that's what i try to do in my teaching um, and i do learn from that you know do you ever have trouble coming up with ideas for music um and the things you do that to overcome that Original music, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Everything's everything's a battle, you know. Um, at the same time, you do get things given to you as well. So you get you get bits and pieces. It's I think it's more a point of you, sometimes you get something in your head, and you struggle to get it down on tape, you know, or on the hard drive the way that you can sort of see it in your head, you know. So that's, that's the biggest struggle I find, you know, in your head it's just amazing, <laughs> you know. And, and I've even done things too where I've thought up a guitar line for a song, you know, and I thought I'll do this there. And the line that I've thought up in my head which works perfectly, there's no way to make that fit into the chord or the song that sounds good, you know, once I take it out of my head and put it, you know, on the recording. So it's sort of a bit of a, a, a compromise always, I think, you know, between how amazing it is in your imagination and, and, you know, 
getting it into the real world where, you know, there's dust and there's shadows and spider webs and, yeah. <laughs> you know, everything's a little bit um, crustier, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are there certain things you do to overcome that or do you just try and work through it? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, these days if something's not working, I try to... I used to be very kind of... Um, narrow mind not narrow-minded but blinkered so you know my focus would be straight ahead I've got to finish that song I work in a very linear sense so you know that song I won't do another thing until I've done that you know and I have to credit my wife for this because she's she's always you know saying well just leave that for now go and work on something else so now I just have a few things um going at once and if one's not kind of working I try to go and work on something else and, you know, eventually the answer comes to you with the, the one that you left behind that was, you know, giving you grief. So the problem presents itself later on. And sometimes you do have to force things. It's I guess that's the trick, isn't it? When Knowing when to leave something, just sit and kind of it'll come back to you with the answer and then knowing the difference between that and then when you actually just have to sit down and put the grunt work in and just kind of make it happen. I'm quoting a lot of sayings here, but there's another great saying too, which I think is really true, which says that songs are never finished, they're only abandoned, you know, and by abandoned, that's when you go to the studio to record them. So you've, like, that's that's as good as I can get it, you know? You know what I mean? And even though it might sound completely finished to the listener, to the writer, they're like, oh, I really wasn't happy with verse two, I wasn't happy with that bridge, but... The deadline's come, we've got the studio booked, um, there's no more time to fiddle about with it. So, yeah, they're never finished, they're just abandoned. <laughs> it's a funny saying, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. um, how has music impacted your life? I think music, it's a great vehicle for self-expression, I think. Especially when I was younger, I used to, if things perhaps weren't going my way, then I'd play my guitar for a bit and, you know, I'd feel better. So. It's a friend, it's an avenue of self-expression. It can be a doorway into a wider world as well, I think. What's the best advice you've been given as a musician and what would you give to someone else? The best advice I ever got, it wasn't so much advice, but it was just um, a chat with, I had a, I had a wonderful piano teacher named Thomas. He was a Polish man and he was my piano teacher because when I, when I studied music, I went in as a piano player and, um, and I never used to practice, you know, I was really slack. Because I was 19, I had all these other things going on in my life. I wasn't even sure that I wanted to play piano, you know. Um, I think because I hadn't spent that much time on guitar at that point, so I wasn't confident about getting in to college as my main instrument, you know, on guitar. But anyway, so I'd front up after week after week and, you know, it's obvious that I hadn't practised. At one point, Thomas said to me, he said, Mark, for the sake of our friendship, practise. You know, but then, so that was that was one bit of advice, I guess, you know, practise because, yeah, that's the only way you, you, you get better. Um, but the other one that really stayed with me was when, I can't remember the circumstances, but I was really like, you know, this is too hard, I can't keep up with all of this you know, um, and I think I was sort of saying this to him in some way, and he just sort of said to me, Mark, music is not for wimps, you know, which is a pretty harsh statement, but 
I took it, um, and and it's changed in my mind over the years that 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 you know what he said, um, because he's kind of right in a way. You know, it's it's as hard as anything else, I guess. You know, if you want to be a doctor, then that's not for wimps. You've got years of study. You know, hard hard work. If you want to be um, a mechanic, you've got to do an apprenticeship. You know, you've, there's lots of work there, builder, anything you want to mention. So music's the same. If you really want to get the most out of it, then... But that's the great thing about it too, is that you get out of it as much as you put into it, you know. And even at my age, I've been playing guitar for over 30 years now. And even in the last few years, I've looked at things that I've been practising and then, you know, even the last few weeks, I thought, wow, I, I'm really getting better at that particular leak or that scale, suddenly I just feel like I, there's a breakthrough, you know? So, and that's like, that's so exciting to me. It's like, so it's like the gift that keeps giving. If you keep putting time into it, then, you know, it'll keep giving back to you, you know? Yeah. Um, and the best piece of advice I would give to a young musician would be to practice, to spend as much time as you can practicing because when you get older, the demands of being an adult just make it much harder to do that practice. So if you can find your, find your groove with your instrument and just do that to the max, you know, because you've got all this time that you don't realize when you're younger, you really do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my advice. And also be, um, be confident in yourself too and your ideas. Don't let other people talk you out of your own ideas because if there were never any new ideas, there'd never be any new music. Mm -hmm. that's, that's good advice. Yeah. Um, that's all the questions I have. Thank you for talking with me and doing this. It's been my absolute pleasure. I've been just thrilled to be asked. So thanks, Danica. Thank you. Well, um, have a great weekend and, yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye. In a world of seemingly infinite entertainment and limitless distractions, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending this half hour or so with me. And I want to also say a big thank you in particular to the following people in no order of preference for all their support. Paul Appleman, Salman Khan, Jill Harvey, Neva Connell, Justin Slay, Logan Sinclair, Campbell McNaughton, Jody McNaughton, Beck Godfrey, Anthony Ray, Nicola Platt, Lyndon Wesley, Pete Sim, Paul Hughes, Paul Richards, Gordon Thompson, and my ever-loving family, Helen Hughes and Bailey Hughes. Thank you so much. If you'd like to support me, you can head on over to Spotify or YouTube. Just look for Sans Mantra. Make sure you give my posts a thumbs up, share them with your friends, and leave a comment if you feel like doing so. Until next week, I have a few gigs to head off to tonight. I've got one tonight as we speak. And then I've got a couple more on Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a busy weekend for me. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll see you next week with lots of new stuff. See you then.